Now, praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the book of Matthew in this teaching series. And we are now in uh, Matthew chapter 26. Now, from chapter 26 to chapter 28 will be the, the, the crucifixion and so on and so forth that we are going to read. So we are going to go through this one smoothly and quickly. Chapter 26, verse 1, And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Now, this is the plot. The Jews were plotting to kill the Messiah. But still he said, And then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But why are they planning this? According to the other gospel, they were afraid that if the, if the rest of the people accepted and declared Jesus to be king, and they themselves, their rulers, they didn't accept it, but they see the crowd was trying to hail him as king, that they may want to start a revolution against the Roman Empire. That was what the fear that they were expressing to one another. The rulers, the chief priests, their policies and so on. And they were saying they need to stop Jesus. And, and even one of them called the high priest prophesied that it is needful for one man to die so that the nation be not destroyed. They thought if there's a revolution against Rome, the Roman soldiers will come and destroy their city. That was a prophecy they themselves are prophesied upon, upon themselves. It happened 40 years later. And it happened because they actually crucified Christ, not, not, not Christ that, that, uh, that is starting their revolution. They, they, they did it because they, don't, they, they were looking for a political messiah. Christ came as a spiritual messiah to save mankind from their sins. They didn't want that. Maybe they want Barabbas, who was trying to be a political leader to overthrow the Roman Empire that had already been arrested by the Roman soldiers. But they prefer Barabbas to be released to them than Jesus. So who knows, in the end, they got another rebel rouser that make them to rebel against Rome, that make them to be destroyed for 1,000 or something years. The whole city, the whole city and the nation of the Jews were destroyed by the Roman Empire. That happened in history. When they are coming back now, God said, I will bring them back after 1,000 or something years. Now, look at this. They, this is how they were planning this. To plan, they are planning to kill the Messiah in this story in verse 4. They want this concern. They might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Why would they want to kill somebody? They were saying he was blasphemer. They were saying he called himself the Son of God, and they didn't believe he's, he, he's the Son of God. And they were saying they, he's trying to, the people may make him king, and if they make him king, there will be revolution and there will be war. And so they said, let's eliminate, eliminate him so that the society can settle down. That was what they are planning. 
and that is limiting him. It's still going on in many parts of the world where they look at somebody that looks like they are opponent. It's happening in Russia where they think this man, anyone that is against him, is eliminating. It's happening in many parts of the world where they think uh, this, this reporter that's criticizing them, the critics, they are critics, they send a letter bomb, we just kill that critic, or they arrest him and put him in prison. That is going on in many third world countries. It is the same type of thing. But before they do, uh, they, they must have planned with some people that say, let's eliminate him. Let's get rid of this one. It's, our, it's a threat to us. That is what these people are also planning. They think Jesus Christ was a threat to them being the rulers. And they wanted to eliminate Christ. But it is planned by, it is the plan of God that it will be like that. That's why I call him the Lamb of God. But his death is to save mankind rather than these people think they are the one doing it. His death and resurrection is to save mankind. Christ already told them that he has to be sacrificed for man. See, God uses the mystery of mankind to even bring salvation. Like Christ in the Bible said, all things work together for good to them that love God. Even when people are planning to kill you, are planning any evil, evil thing against you, God can use their plan to bring you glory. Look at this, the friend, the, the brothers of Joseph in Egypt. They hated him so much they wanted to get rid of him, kill him, because he said he's going to be, we are going to be bowed down to you, you little boy. And they thought it's in their father's house and said, let's just get rid of him from the father's house. And his father loved him more than every, all the other big brothers. And so the solely man told their father that, we don't know, he looked like he's there. Look at his, his clothes. We saw his mixed up with the blood. And this man cried and cried for days and months, mourning for his son that a beast has killed him when he went to go look for his brothers in the, that, are, that are taking care of the cattle. Whereas they sold him into slavery. But see, God uses all those things, the hatred that these boys have to bring Joseph to Egypt. And when somebody else would turn him over to be put in prison, God used also to bring Joseph to the backyard of Pharaoh, where he finally became the prime minister and ruled the whole Egypt and the rest of the world. God said, all things will work together for good to them that love the Lord. So that is why even though these Sanhedrin, these chief priests and high priests are planning, and they are actually planning it, not that anybody told them to plan it, not that God will use what the devil is planning to do, to bring you to goodness, to bring you to your glory, that's what we are saying. But it's not God that is going to be making you, making those people do evil. It is part of what he has foreseen, and God will just use it to, to do what he wanted to do. That is what we see. So, yeah. so God already knew about it, so he told the Christ was telling them that they are going to do this. But on the third day, I will rise again. Because when he went there three days in the grave, his spirit was taking over the hell, taking the keys of hell and of death. Satan asked her to bow down to him. He, he, he let captivity captives, what the Bible says. Now let's go on and see how the story played out as these people were plotting to kill the Messiah. They said not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar. Verse 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it upon his, on his head and he, as he sat at meat. Now he said, he pointed on his head. When we compare this report in Matthew to what John, Apostle John wrote in the Gospel of John, he, he mentioned that it was poured upon the Lord Jesus Christ's feet. 
and the woman use her hair, long hair, to wipe the perfume off of the feet or rub it all around the feet. So the perfume on the hair, on the hair of the woman is smelling, the feet are smelling. So the perfume is all over the house. Those who didn't know what happened, they thought it was, uh, he said that he poured it on. So that was why Matthew thought, Matthew wrote that he poured it on his head, but Gospel of John said he poured it on his feet and used her hair to wipe it off. Verse 8, so when his disciples saw it, and there again, Matthew said, when his disciples, I say all of them, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? Well, when you go to the Gospel of John, it was a Judas Iscariot specifically that said that, why do you do this waste? So Matthew, that wrote this may not be the Matthew, the, 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 the apostle, because we assume that he should be there also. But it looked like it was another Matthew that wrote this Gospel of Matthew. So he said, verse 9, said, For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now that was what John, John reported that that was said by Judas Iscariot. And he called Judas Iscariot that, you know, that he, not that he cared for the poor, that because he, he was holding the bag and he was a thief and he was taking what was kept in the bag. Let's read that from the Gospel of John chapter. Chapter 12. Gospel of John chapter 12 was where Apostle John reported this same story of anointing Jesus at Bethany. And, and Charlie, Apostle John named the woman that did it. She, Matthew, that wrote, he just said, a woman came with an abalasa box of oil, precious, precious. But John said it was Mary who did it. That was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Mary was the one that brought the pound of ointment. And the verses, they then took Mary a pound of ointment of spike nard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, so he mentioned the name, who said it, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? And give it to the poor. So it was Judas Iscariot that Apostle John wrote that who said it. And we know Apostle John was there. So that's why we don't know which Matthew wrote this gospel of Matthew. We are, I was thinking it was Apostle Matthew. But it could be just any of the other believers later that wrote it. Because the, the way he wrote it doesn't look like it was there. And verse 6 of gospel of John chapter 12 said that this he said, talking about Judas Iscariot, he said, Jesus Christ said this, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear that what was put there. And then Jesus Christ told them, let I alone against the day of my bearing as she kept this. For the poor always he have with you, but me he have not always. That was how John, Gospel of John reported it. Now, let's go back to Matthew chapter 25, that we are, chapter 26 that we are reading. And Matthew said it was all the disciples said this. In verse 8 of Matthew chapter 26, verse 8, where I'm reading now. But when his disciples saw it, saw the woman pour her alabaster box of precious ointment upon the 
he said upon the head of Jesus as he sat at me and, and said that to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much. He didn't sell the price and give it to the poor. But instead, said, when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble you the woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you. But me, you have not always. Why did Jesus say that? Because he will be going away very soon. He has been telling them that they didn't get it. That they will be crucified and the third day will rise up and then he will go away. And they will not, see, will not be ministering to the world anymore. But he will be inside us. Visiting only his disciples. Visiting only his disciples. Verse 12, the Lord continues to say, For in that he has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now that will be strange to them because they were not even, nobody's talked like that before. Not so. Nobody ever talked about their burial unless they are old. You know, people that are in their own dress, they know they are going to be grave. And they were planning, they were, some of those rich people have already dig a grave for themselves. And they were thinking of their burial before even they die. Not so. But Christ was just to them, like it had somebody up, talking of his burial, they are not getting it. They are not understanding. They are denying it. It's what people say. Denial. I know it's, it's what happened to you. Kind of thing. Verily, I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Well, that was reported in Matthew chapter 26 that the Lord said that. Now, verse 14. Let's continue with the story. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So now you can say that, according to how Matthew reported this, Judas Iscariot has done that privately. Doesn't mean that it was after this that he said that Judas went. He must have joined privately because this one saying that when, as he was saying, I said two days before the Passover is what he said in verse two. You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. Also. So Judas definitely could have gone before two days before the Passover to get to, to negotiate that he was going to deliver Jesus Christ to them. So, but now two days before before the Passover is when this dinner was taking place in Bethany, and he was just looking for opportunity to. To deliver him unto them. And they have already heard that they are, they are trying to arrest the Lord Jesus Christ. That the chief priests and also have sent out a uh, warrant for his arrest because they say he, he was claiming to be son of God and they didn't believe that. Verse 17. I'm reading Matthew chapter 26, verse 17. Now, the first day of the feast of unleavened bread. The disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where will thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? They said the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, when they are going to do the Passover. And he said unto them, Go into the city to such a man and say unto him, The master said, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, if you compare that with another, another other gospel where he, he sent to, to prepare, he said, I think it was Matthew or other in Mark, and I said, when you get to the city, you will see somebody carrying a pitcher of water, follow him, and the house is going to go to that 
the owner of the house, the householder, and say, where is the guest chamber where we are going to do the pastor? The pastor asked. So that was not reported by Matthew like that. He said, just going to the city to search a man as if he just mentioned the name of the man. But that was how the other gospel reported that it was, you see a man carrying a pitcher of water, follow him, and the house he went to is the house. Verse 19, and the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the evil was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did it, he said, Verily I said to you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it time? So they thought it was still like prophesying. One of you shall betray me. They want to say, Is it prophesying that something, one of us is going to do something? Is this I you are talking about? Is this I? Verse 23. And he answered and said, He that dipped his hand with me in the ditch, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man of whom by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Now you wonder, people that were not born, what, what is their fit? What is their fit? to be their situation, are they going to hell or are they going to be saved? The opinion is divided in that some people have assumed that people, the little children that were other, they never get born because they died in the womb or they were aborted or they, because people that were, that were aborted, they never see light. Also, those that died in their mother's womb or they just didn't, what do you call it, the, the, the pregnancy that just got uh, Miscarriage, you know, a miscarriage, the spirit is already there, trying to form and then it didn't continue. That's a miscarriage. But the soul is already there. So that means that's a unit, a human being already, even though it's a miscarriage. The one that was aborted is also a human being. And those who that died after their birth and they died shortly like that, they are also human beings. What will be the fate of those? They were all classified in the many people believe that they are accepted by God because they have not seen or anything. They are accepted by God. Whether they have, whether they, if they have lived, they will be sinners or not, they are, they are, it's a different story. But if they die without being born like that, or they, like you say, it, it's better for them if they are never born. Like Christ said about Judas Iscariot, he would have been accepted if he was never born. And it was just a spirit. It would have been a difference. So that's what Christ was saying. Because people learned sin after they were born. They could leave people, or people were other sinners in their, from, the, from the other side. There are people that we classify as the seed of the serpent. And we don't know how God is going to treat all those seed, whether they are still seed of the serpent that will be, that are not born. But if they are seed of the serpent, they are spirits, then they are not part of God. They will be going to the devil also. But this one is a human being. And he came back to the world, so we don't know much about how that we have. He said that it had been good for that man if he had not been born. So that's how only thing we can say about that. Leave it at that. Verse 25. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is this time? He said unto him, Thou hast said. So the Lord Jesus Christ knows who it is, person, but he's not trying to reveal to the rest of the people. Until he revealed it to them, that is when the devil took over Judas Iscariot. Because you see, go back to the book of uh, Gospel of John, where it was reported. When he said, what you need to do, do it right now. What you plan to do, do it right now. That was when the Bible said the devil took over Judas' account. Um, 
left immediately as if he was going to go buy something and, and never came back, but he came back with the soldiers. That was when the devil took over. When was it? But all along, the Lord already knew who he was. He didn't tell the rest of the apostles. He knew he was a thief. He didn't let the apostles do anything about it. He just said, we need more money, we get more money. Okay. Now, verse 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New, Cover New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Now, this is the institution of the breaking of bread that we call the breaking of bread in the Church of Christ. We are Christ before he died. He, he said the bread, the bread symbolizes his body that has been broken for us. And he took the wine, he said that is symbolizing the blood of Jesus that is being shed for mankind. And he said we should do it as often in memorial of him, which you see in the other, in the other gospel. Verse 30. And when they had sung his, and him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smile the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Now, Peter was boasting that, No, I'm ready to lay down my life for you. That was still in the flesh because he has not gotten the Holy Spirit yet. None of them have the Holy Spirit yet. Holy Spirit is what embodies and empowers us believers to be able to stand even in the face of the sword. But at this time, they were still just using bold face of, a, of, a, of, the, of the flesh. And Peter was more bold than everyone else, bragging and boasting. I will never, I never, I never deny that Christ said in verse 33 to him there. Peter answered and said, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, I yet will I never be offended. But Jesus answered and said unto him, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples, I mean all of them said, Yes, I will not deny thee. I will not deny thee. But they were not aware of what is really coming and the, and the magnitude of it. When it happened, they all fled. Verse 36. Then come Jesus with them in, unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and wash with me. Now you can see this last, this, uh, this agony in the garden, we call it agony in the garden. The Lord needed some of this. His friends, I mean these three that he called Inasako, he said, come with me. Those three, Inasako, Peter, James, and John. But you want somebody to lean on me. When you are so sorrowful, they didn't even know what's going on. They just knew that they, there's a fear in the land because they are trying to arrest the master. And they were in the night, they just eat dinner, get it to 10 p.m., perhaps who knows. And they were going to this garden to pray. And he said, you guys stay right here and watch. And he went with the three and went for that. He just, the, uh, 
uh, the heart is burning because he knew what was coming, not just because the soldiers had come to arrest him, but he knew what was coming after that they are going to crucify him. He knew that pain that was going to have to hang on the cross. That was the, the, the terror that would come upon any human body. If you know what is going to happen, you know the weight of it. But you see, the, uh, the disciples that are around him didn't really know what we are talking about. They just knew that they may arrest him and we are going to stand with him, we are going to fight for him. They didn't know that he said it's going to happen, he wanted it to happen. He wanted it to happen, that's another thing. Some people may want to defend you and say, no, don't defend me, he wanted this thing to happen. So these people don't really know, they have no clue what, why they are even standing, going to the garden. Why are you not running away? Let's get out of Judea and go to, and, and go to Galilee, where we are safe, you know? But he wanted this thing to happen because this is the plan to save mankind. So that is why they were just hanging around and saying, my soul is, 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 is sorrowful unto death. You're standing here with me. So you need somebody to lean on at this time. He said, Tarry ye here and watch with me. That was verse 38 of Matthew chapter 26. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup, what cup? This crucifixion is the cup. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Now, when we are able to say, Nevertheless, not my will, but that, what thy will, that is when we are perfect. No matter what it is that we are going to face. Because Christ has the authority to cancel it. He has the power to dismiss it. He has the power to disappear and they don't see him. He has the power to, to run away. But he wants the Father's will. The Father's will said, This is the only way we are going to save mankind. If you refuse to go to the cross, the human race will be doomed, destroyed. But he loved us. And the glory that was said that he's going to become the king of the universe. Everybody wonder also. It's just pass through this agony of three days. So he said, nevertheless, not my will, but I said, all things are possible unto this what said another place. Here he said, Oh my father, if it be possible. In the other gospel, I said, he said, ah, all things are possible unto thee. Take this cup from him. But here he said, Oh my father, if it be possible, that's how Matthew reported it. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as I will. When we resign our will to the Father's will, that's when we are perfect. And then let the Father do His will as He will. And that's when we are really perfect. When we are still afraid and we are trying to save ourselves from what the Father wants done, then we are not perfect. And Lord Jesus Christ showed that this is perfection. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou will. And He commented unto the disciples and finding them asleep. And said unto Peter, What? Could ye not wash with me one hour? Now you wonder what is the washing for? He wanted to be able to pray at least for one hour before the soldiers come and interrupt. That's really what he wanted to watch. Not that way. The, the soldiers came at the rise at the time they wanted to come anyway, but he wanted them to watch so at least they can stop the soldiers while they while he was still praying, but they were fast asleep by them by themselves. Verse 41 says, Now watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Now that's another thing. These people, these disciples, he wanted to also be praying, even for themselves. But they were fast asleep 
And that's what happens to many of us when we need to be praying. Let's allow wake you up at 2 a.m. to pray. And you get on your knees and mumble some few words and you fall asleep again. But you pray, I say, why do you pray? Because you need to speak it out for the devil to be beaten. Our prayer is necessary. That is how God has ordained things. It's like voice activation of your cell phone. Voice activation of the things that you want to happen. You have to say it. Like God said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light, and there will be light. You have to say it. If you want the devil to move, you have to say, devil, move. Just say, if you say to this man, you have to say it. If you are not saying anything, the mountain will stay there. See? So the prayer is necessary. These apostles, disciples, if you want them to be praying, saying what they want to happen, pray for about it. Talk out, say it out with your mouth. Then the thing will be activated to, to happen the way you want to happen. When you fall asleep, the terrible things that you want to move away may happen. So that he enter not into temptation. He said, we have to watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he see, he realizes what they are going through also. Because at midnight, he's getting the body wanted to sleep, you see. Verse 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. That's the resigning his will to the father. And he came and found them asleep again. Now, the, the scripture just said, he said this single statement and came back. No, he was past praying in spirits, praying in tongues, doing more prayer. But the summary was given to us here, he just said that it will be done. Also. Because that you can say that in one second. You told them to, to wash and then you go there one second, you come back. No, it's not one second. Could have gone another 15 to 20 minutes. But not just this sentence. He has said much more than that. He has prayed more than that. Like we can pray and speak in tongues for hours and hours and hours and hours now. We know that the Holy Ghost can be speaking, giving us the utterance and we'll be speaking in tongues. That is how we can put in hours of prayer. But if I'm just to say what I need, after I praise him, I praise him, I say, I need this, I need that. I can finish that in five minutes. Also. But if I want to really put in time, then I will sing more songs of praise. That's just taking the time. Praising him, more songs of praise. I can praise him for the next 30 minutes. That will be me praising him from my own understanding. And if I put in, want to put in more hours of prayer, then the Holy Ghost speak. And let me pray in tongues. And speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, I can do that for hours because it's my spirit that speaks something. And that can be for hours, for hours. That is how to pray. Now, if you just want to say what you need, you can say it in five minutes. Even if you need the whole world, you say it in ten minutes, you're done. But if God wants to praise him, worship him, thank him, pray for others. If you are beginning to ask other people to pray for, for this church, for this brethren, for the nations, for the city, for believers, for your country, for then you have a lot of things to talk about. Also. So that is how prayers can also be, time can be used in prayer. But see, the Lord Jesus didn't just say, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass for me from, except I drink it, that will be done. That, you can say that in a few seconds, but he did more than that. Pray more than that. Worship perhaps, or sing perhaps, or speak in tongues. We make time. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then commented to his disciples and said to them, Sleep on now. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is Satan, and the Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is Satan that doth betray me. 
So you could hear the rumbling of their footsteps of the soldiers. Verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Now you can see everyone reported this episode differently. You go to Mark, he reported it differently. You go to John, he reported it differently. They, they were, someone, Mark was not there. This Matthew Paul was not the Matthew, the apostle. So then he was also reporting what he had that happened. John was there, Apostle John, so he must have the clearer report. So when you see what and, and in the place said, he said, whom do you seek? I said, Jesus of Nazareth, and they said, I am he, and they all fell down. That was how John reported it. But here he said, he just said, friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came there and laid hands on Jesus and took him. That doesn't look like confrontation. Also. And then he went further and said, Verse 51, the one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his head. And that's where the confession comes. Verse 52, and then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father? And he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? In that same hour, Jesus said unto the multitude, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hand on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. So that was how it was reported by Matthew that he refused to say. But when you get to the other gospel, there was this. The, when he struck the high priest's ear, the other gospel said Jesus Christ quickly touched the ear of that servant of the high priest so that he was healed and like nothing really happened to, to, to deliver the disciples from being pursued by the soldiers. Because when you are when when somebody is being arrested and the people of people that was trying to defend that person begin to smile the soldiers or smile the they supporting these people, they are smiting the, the people that come to arrest him. They call the, the arresting arrest. Now, if blood was shed, they will be pursuing whoever struck that uh, servant of the high priest. Also. But see, Jesus Christ didn't want that to happen. He wanted his disciples to be let go. He said, let these disciples go. So if they started a fight, now they will be not only taking Jesus, they will be trying to take those disciples also. But Jesus Christ didn't, didn't want that because he needed them, because he knew he's coming back in three days. And he needed them to get ready for the church to start. So that was why the Lord quickly healed that servant of the high priest so that there was no mention of the of that uh, trouble anymore to warn them pursue the disciples. Verse 57. Now in the Caiaphas house, according to Matthew. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. When they were waiting in the night time. For, for this for the Messiah, for this for Jesus Christ to be brought to them. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end 
Now, when you see that, he didn't know what really happened because he was not there. But Apostle John, who was there, said that he, the disciple, another disciple followed, who was known by the high priest. And that's how, that disciple was the one that actually led Peter in, talked to the maid that was keeping the, the door of the high priest's house, and led Peter in. And that was the, where the, the denier started from first. Let's see. As we read on. Verse 59. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yet, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now you can see how they are, the, how they are twisting, how they twisted the word that Jesus Christ was preaching. That was not what Jesus Christ said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. That's how they twisted. Christ said on the day they asked him that, I think they asked him for this. So he, said, he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. Even though he was saying the temple, so they thought he was talking about the building, but he was talking about the temple of his body. That was how Apostle John reported that he was talking. He was talking about the temple. His body is the temple of God. So if he said destroy this temple, he's not pointing to the building. He's talking to himself. Aye, but they, they didn't recognize that. But see, they were twisting and say he said, "I will destroy the temple." He didn't say, "I will." He said, "You destroy the temple." That's why if I take the you out, destroy this temple is what they say. Is, is what he wrote. I said, he didn't say, "I will destroy." He said, "You." It's what he destroyed this temple and I will raise it up. So down there are now twisting and say, this man say, I will destroy the temple. But this one say, this one say, I am able to destroy the temple and to build in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answer thou nothing. What is it which this witness against thee? That Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I enjoy thee. By the living God that thou tell us, whether thou be the Christ. The Son of God. Now he put the word to his mouth. Tell us whether you are the Christ. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said it. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What for that need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard this blasphemy. Now he was saying, by Christ saying, you, what did the Lord say here? But never did I say unto you, hereafter, it's like saying, after today, hereafter. You shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So that's the same type of thing that he told Nathaniel in the book of Gospel of John, that you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's telling me of the vision you are going to see, a vision you are going to see. So this, here after that, was reported by Matthew here, very likely he's talking about a vision that this high priest will see. So you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Because people assume that he was talking about the high priest will see, will be there when he came back. No, he's talking about a vision you will see. Because the same for Natalie, you will see heaven open, you see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And when that vision was shown to Nathaniel, it was not reported because Nathaniel didn't write his own story. But the same thing, this high priest could have seen this vision 
after Christ resurrected, you could have seen it, but it was not reported because he was not writing his own story. So, and if he has seen it, will he believe it? Will he repent and say, we have killed him? Sir? We don't know. Because they all were condemned. But the high priest rented his clothes and said he has spoken blasphemy, saying he's going to sit at the right hand of power. And he said, well, six, 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 what think you? They answered and said he is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, another smoting with the palms of their hands, saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is it that smote thee? That was how they started beating him. Peter was washing this and Peter now is afraid. Verse now Peter sat without in the palace. And the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou seest. And when he was gone out into the porch, trying to get out right now of the, of the, of the building, after this, he saw that they, they started beating Jesus. Another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And he saw this one, and he, again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also as one of them, but thy speech betray thee. I mean, the Galileans have their uh, little accent. So when they speak, people can tell it's a Galilean from the accent. Just like any place right now, we are speaking English, then we have accent. The British speak English, you can tell they are British from their accent. The Americans speak English, even the white Americans, you can tell they are Americans because the way they speak their English is different from how the British speak in their English. They speak different from how we Africans that were raised in English, different from how we speak our English. So they can tell that by when Apostle Peter spoke, he's a Galilean. So they said, your speech betray you. Then began it to curse and to swear, verse 74, saying, I know not the man. <laughs> and immediately the court crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and went, wept bitterly. Now he realized that well, that was what Jesus Christ just prophesied. When he said, I will never deny thee. And he said, Before the, tonight, before the cock crow. And you know, the cock crow only in the morning, maybe 4 a.m. is the first time they begin to crow. But they have been there all from midnight, and these people are. Are, are, are making their decision right in the midnight. They didn't want to wait in the morning. They wanted to kill the Messiah right away. Because they wanted this thing done before the Passover starts. That was the end of chapter 26. I will continue this in the next chapter. May the Lord give us insight in all this we are reading. We are trying to portray the fact that, yes, these people are planning this wickedness. They say God already allowed it for the salvation of mankind. But if Christ didn't go to the cross, we will not have been saved. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us on the cross. We will continue in the next chapter. Amen.